Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome back. It's an honor to be here with you once again. I'm I'm honored to share my life and share my heart with you each week on this platform. I love that you come and join me live. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, I'm tuning into everyone's energy. And as an intuitive healer, I'm always working in the background energetically with you as you come and listen to this radio show, whether it's live or, or with the podcast replay. And the invitation is always there to receive healing. My entire life revolves around healing and awakening. So for me, it's about remembering the truth of who we really are and removing any blocks that keep us from remembering the truth of who we are. My intention is always to shine light on what needs to heal, to help you see, feel, experience whatever it is that you need to experience in order to awaken to the truth of who you are and remember that you are love, that you come from love, that you are the source of love. And as challenging as it is right now for everybody to embody that, it's my mission in life. It's my, it's my passion. It's, it's my every living breath to do this work and to share as much as I can and awaken as many people as I can in the time that I have. It's an exciting time to be alive, and at the same time, it's probably a, one of the most challenging times to be alive. What I've discovered is there was a point where it was actually easier to be asleep. It was easier to live life by default. And there's still a lot of people living that way, asleep at the wheel. The challenge is since this shift that's happened on our planet and this awakening that's happening right now and the calling of our hearts getting so much stronger and stronger for us to remember the truth of who we are and to live in oneness, to to live life by divine. That's what we're all being called to do. That calling is so much stronger than it's ever been. And it's actually become harder to stay asleep because it's there's a lot more pain and suffering, there's a lot more resistance, and because the calling is so strong and people are really digging in their heels because that's what they're they're used to, it's actually creating a lot of a lot of pain. And even witnessing it from the outside and looking at other people's lives and seeing where they're resisting and seeing where they're holding on and seeing where they're attached, as a witness, it's challenging. So I know that many of you are perhaps waking up compared to some other people in your life. You're, you can kind of look at them and see that they're still living life by default. And 
we can look at that not from a place of judgment, but from a place of observation. And at the same time in our, in our humanness, we can feel it in our heart, the empathy and the, the intensity of witnessing others going through the struggle. The challenge is on a human level, from a human perspective, we don't know what they need to wake up. We don't know what it's going to take for them to wake up and remember. And at the same time, we need to honor those human emotions that we're experiencing because we're still human. We're still spiritual beings having this human experience. So when we can embrace our humanness and allow ourselves to feel and let those human emotions wash through us, then we're actually able to stay in that place of embodying our divinity. So it's a beautiful dance or synergy between embracing our humanness and embodying our divinity. It's not one or the other. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to transcend and, and I'm going to go beyond the body. And in some ways you do, but we're still here using this physical body for a reason. There's still purpose in using it for communication. There's still purpose in, in using it and allowing love to animate it. So we still have these personalities. It's just that our personalities are now animated by love. They're, they're, everything that's coming through us as us is the divine, expressing itself through our divine personality. Most people have the fear-based personality and the ego-based personality playing out more than their divine personality because that's what we've been programmed to do. So in my newest book that just released, The Evolution of the Ego, How to Unwind the Ego, Embrace Our Humanness, and Embody Our Divinity, I go into, I go a lot into the different personalities of the ego and how to identify them and unwind from them, but also looking at how do we embody our divinity. And the one way we do that is to set an intention to remove all blocks to love. We actually are more afraid of love than we are of fear. We are more afraid of our divinity than we are of our ego. And it's interesting to, to look at that and to unwind from that and to start to kind of peel the layers back and recognize that what we're most afraid of on a, on a global scale is what we most yearn. So our deepest yearning is to return to love, to remember love, to, to be a living, breathing vessel of love. Yet one of our deepest fears is love. So we're afraid of it and we yearn for it equally and this is the nature of the ego. The ego likes to play both ends against the middle. It likes to create that we're damned if we do, damned if we don't scenario. We want love. We, we seek love. We yearn for love. Yet on some level, we're terrified. Of it. We're, we've been programmed to fear it because we've been programmed to live in fear. So today I want to talk about what I want to create awareness and talk about what is your set point? What is your default setting 
for love. When we look at a thermostat, a temperature thermostat in your home, you can put it at a set point. So let's say you put it at, mine here in Turks and Caicos is set at, usually at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And if it goes hotter than 80 degrees, the, the, the cooling temperature comes on, so the air conditioning comes on. If it drops below that, it stays off. I don't have the heat on down here for obvious reasons. But the set point is 80. And the thermostat and the air conditioning works around that set point. When we have a set point within our hearts, within our minds, around love, it's an internal set point that was created when we were younger and we've gathered evidence along the way and decided that on some more subconscious level that that's our safety, that's our comfort zone when it comes to love. So for example, if you if we can have a set point between zero, meaning we're not comfortable with love at all, and 10 being the most comfortable with love, the most aligned with love, a lot of people are around five or six or lower. The set point is where you are comfortable with love. Where, let me say it another way, where you are familiar, where it's familiar. Because with, with in humanness, in our humanness, familiarity is comfortable. When something is unfamiliar or unknown or a little bit stretching us, then it becomes uncomfortable. Now we can change that. We've been programmed to, to live in these comfort zones, to, to, to live inside these boxes and to stay within what's familiar. That's our programming. But we don't have to stay there. We can actually learn to get uncomfortable with, we can, be, we, we can become comfortable with getting uncomfortable. That's, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm at now. I'm more comfortable with being uncomfortable. So it's not, I don't protect myself from that anymore. It's, it's still uneasy at times, depending on how, how uncomfortable the situation is, but I'm more adapted to it. So I can, I can sink into it and be in it better. And I can manage my, my way through it. And I can find peace in it. I can find peace in being uncomfortable. So the key is not to avoid things that make us uncomfortable. The key is to how, learn how, how to manage it again and how to adapt and how to allow ourselves to, to stretch ourselves a bit and stretch our comfort zones so that we can actually raise our internal set points. So we have an internal set point for everything, basically for love, for kindness, for abundance, for, for, for everything you can imagine, for caring, for compassion, all those kinds of things. And our internal set point for love toward others could be different than our internal set point for love towards self. Now it's important to recognize that our capacity to love others is, is very much determined by our capacity to love ourselves. If we have a really low set point for self-love, then we may be able to have a little bit higher of a set point in extending love for others, but it's not going to be that much different than our love towards self. 
because our capacity to love, those two, two things are very much connected. As we explore our internal set point for love, the invitation is to start to increase that set point, to raise the roof. And as we raise the roof or raise that set point, we can do that in increments. And when we do it in increments, then it feels manageable. It's a choice for love, actually, as opposed to pushing the roof right off and creating this big, big ball of fear, which generally makes us recoil the other way. So a lot of times what will happen is people want to do these big quantum leaps. And sometimes we do have big quantum leaps. Sometimes we do have a big shift in healing and we break a pattern and it's like a huge breakdown for a big breakthrough. And sometimes that's necessary. But we don't always have to learn the hard way. We've been taught that. That's, that's in our programming. We need to learn the hard way. Life is hard. We need to, to work hard. All of that has been programmed into our minds. Some of us embrace that more than others. I know I did. I don't anymore. I like to learn the, the softer lessons. I'm still, I still learn the, the challenging lessons, the hard lessons, but not as many and not as hard. So when we start to break those patterns and shift that set point and begin to raise it consciously or on purpose, we can actually change our capacity to love. We can actually open our hearts more and, and receive love and extend love differently than we have been up until now. The invitation today through this, through this radio show and my time with you is to say yes. Just say yes and see what happens. Yes, I'm open to increase my capacity to love. Even if your capacity to love is eight, are you open to raising it to 8.2, 8.5? If your capacity to love is only a two or three, are you, are you open to raising it to a 3.2 or 3.3? Even just a little increment, or it might be a big increment. It's not about trying. It's not about forcing. It's about saying yes and allowing. One, saying yes to creating awareness, saying yes to receiving the healing, saying yes to seeing and experiencing and feeling what you meant to feel in order to heal, and saying yes to be open to receive love at a different level than you have for a while. So it all begins with saying yes. So in this moment, the invitation is, as you're listening to this, there's a potential for healing, there's an invitation for healing. Are you willing to say yes to receive? Just say yes. See what happens. If you say no, I'll totally love you anyways. It's all good. You're, you're welcome to stay here and listen. But just know that even just being here with your presence, there is potential for healing that's happening in the background. Now, as an intuitive healer, I, I work intentionally to give you enough of an understanding at the level of the mind so that your mind comes along and your emotional mind, your, your emotions can come along and, and we can move some of the vibrational density that's there as we do that. And I'm also working in the background with your energy. I work with energy vortexes. I work with uh, Mother Earth. I, I work with divine consciousness. I work with God consciousness, the light of consciousness, all of that. I, I work with the energy of the stream of oneness. One of these days, I'm going to share 
some stories of my my experiences of awakening to to oneness and that stream of consciousness and then being able to bring that back into my human experience and help facilitate other people's healing by using that stream of consciousness. But I just want you to know today that I'm working on many different levels, many different dimensions, and a lot of times working in the background. So everything I do is infused with healing potential. It's always infused with the potential to heal and to awaken, no matter what I do, whether it's radio show, an interview, one of my books, a blog article, doesn't matter what I do, whatever I'm doing, I have a very clear intention. That's why I'm here on this earth. And when you show up to anything that I offer, my voice is infused with healing potential. The words are infused with healing potential. The background and everything that's happening around when you're listening, my intention is for you to receive at the depth and level that you're capable of receiving in this moment. And if you come back and listen to this episode again, my intention is for you to receive at the depth and level that you're able to receive at that moment. So you could actually continue to heal listening to one episode over and over again or coming back and listening to multiple episodes more than once. It all begins with saying yes, which you probably already have. I feel most of you will have that intention and that that passion and that rising up of a yes, I'm willing to heal. Yes, I'm willing to see. Yes, I'm willing to feel. So your emotions might be rising up as I'm talking. So my intention is to let some of that density come up. Last week, I talked about the natural ways to raise your vibrational frequency. And one of those ways was to feel your feelings. And as we're here and as I'm talking, my intention is to help you feel some of those blocks to love some of those blocks that keep you in fear of love and that can show up as density and when that density rises to heal and it softens and and starts to have movement and starts to find a path of least resistance sometimes it rises up through the top of your head sometimes it goes down through your grounding cord or through your tailbone or through your feet sometimes it'll find a path out your arm out your shoulder it'll take whatever path of least resistance If that density involves some form of tears or emotional expression, create some space for it. My invitation for you today is just to feel what you feel when you feel it. Give yourself some space to feel it. Even if it's anger, resentment, I talked about the emotional scale last week. No matter what it is, just create some space for it. There is safety You can create safety in expressing your emotions. I know we've been programmed and taught not to express our emotions in public, to stop crying, to wipe our tears, to, you know, go to our room and cry or go do that in private. Don't express our anger, all those kinds of things. There's actually healthy ways to express even the denser or negative perceptions of of emotions. And it's essential that we actually allow those expressions because otherwise they get stuck and held in our bodies. And they become blocks to love. So right now the invitation is to just let some of that energy rise and see what happens. Just say yes and let's see what happens. When we are slowly starting to increase our set point, we're not only making a choice in our mind, but we're actually working on 
all levels, the intention is to work on all levels. So the physical body needs some support. A lot of times the, the heart is closed. A lot of times we, when I tune into people's bodies, I can often feel an opening in the front of the heart space. That's where the extension is. So they have no problem giving love. They have no problem extending love, but receiving love is a whole other story. So the back of their heart center, right between the shoulder blades is, is blocked or closed. Sometimes there's actually like a shield and some, a door and, and a bar and a lock. And it's, it's like, you know, barbed wired shut. Sometimes it's such a fortress to even begin to look at receiving love through the back of the heart chakra or the heart center. And it, it takes a while to kind of unravel those patterns that have been put in place to, to, to keep us in our perception of keep us safe from love. Keep us safe from being hurt. Keep us keep our hearts safe from hurt. But what happens is when we actually we don't actually block hurt from coming in. Hurt comes in no matter what. And we can't keep ourselves from healing hurt. But what, what a closed heart does, it does the opposite of what we think it does. So we believe a closed heart will keep us protected from hurt. But a closed heart actually holds the hurt in. I need you to hear that. This is really important. We think that a closed heart protects us from hurt but a closed heart actually holds our hurt in and keeps us imprisoned by it. And it blocks us from experiencing love at the level that we're capable of experiencing it. So it keeps us at a surface level of love, that safe level, that familiar level. And that internal set point was created through our childhood, it was created through our traumas and experiences. Sometimes we could have like one, one painful relationship end or one friendship where we're hurt or feel betrayed. And that's enough to close our heart and lower our set point. And then what will happen is we're, we're kind of operating at this lower set point. We have this familiarity. We have this comfort with it. And then we kind of get stuck and in that familiarity of it, in that safety of it. And then we are actually denying ourselves love, but we're also denying ourselves the capacity to love others deeply, more deeply. So not only do we hold back love for ourselves, we hold back love for others. And the love that others extend to us, we can't even receive because our hearts are closed or our set point is like, oh, sorry, I'm full. I've got my five out of 10 love already, my capacity is already full, I'm not able to receive any love from you. And this is obviously all happening mostly at a subconscious level. I know for me, it's been a process of slowly opening my heart again and slowly opening up and raising my set point for love. When, when I first met my husband, my set point was probably about three or four to receive love. It was higher to extend love. I had I had a lot of love for everybody and I wanted to, to save the world and my 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 work and my extension was always outward. It wasn't inward, it wasn't toward me. My capacity to love myself was quite low, although it was higher than before I met him when I was anorexic and bulimic. I, I my capacity for love, self-love was not even on my radar. 
I would say um, I would probably be at maybe a zero to a one at that point because I hated myself. I hated, and I know hate is a strong word, but I really hated myself when I was anorexic and bulimic. So slowly over the years, I started to increase my capacity to love. I, I started to increase my self-love. I started to increase how I felt about myself and my body. And as I started to heal, I noticed that I was actually able to feel love more deeply for others and more genuinely and more unconditionally. As I started to increase the unconditional love for myself, that shifted and changed on the extension as well for others. So it's been a program, it's been a process for me and for, for years, I, I think in 1993 was when I first got my, my support around my, my anorexia and bulimia. That's when I started to go to counseling for it. And it didn't take long for me to shift into recognizing that, that I had the ability. I, I, I moved really quickly from life by default to life by design, realizing that I was actually creating my reality and that my thoughts and my, 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 Tor the torment in, in my mind was actually created by me and could be changed by me. And I didn't have to believe all the thoughts that came into my head. So it's been a process over the years, for sure. When I first met my husband, I still had, I had a, a greater capacity to love others. I had a greater capacity to love many people and to receive love in friendships. And But my capacity to receive love in an intimate relationship was was scarred with some past hurt. So it took a while for him to get into my heart and to, for me to open it up and to receive his love because it was so expansive and it was so unconditional and it was so, it was bigger than, than anything I had felt before on, on an intimate level and in an intimate relationship. So it's been a, it's been years of him kind of knocking on my heart and me slowly opening it, slowly opening. And I've been raising my capacity to receive his love. And I would say it's still not at a 10, but it's definitely more like an eight compared to uh, maybe a one or two when I first met him, maybe a three or four if I was lucky. So for me, the, the, it's been a process of slowly opening my heart, slowly trusting and slowly letting, letting him in and letting his love in for me and getting more comfortable and raising the roof uh, in increments so that I wouldn't feel, you know, I could have forced it, but it, it just wasn't a, a choice for love toward myself to do that. So he's been unbelievably patient and continues to be. And I love him for that because I, I couldn't have done it any other way. And I definitely feel like he's come into my life to teach me to remember that it's safe to love. And that there is an authentic version of unconditional love. And that is something I deserve. It's something you deserve. It's something we all deserve. Because it's our natural state. It's our natural state of being. It's the truth of who we are. So today is all about raising your set point. And as I'm talking, I'm kind of working with your energies. And as, you, as I'm talking, I may be kind of poking on some old wounds and, and some emotions might be rising and I want to encourage you just to let them rise. Create some space for them. If you think of these, these episodes as vibrational tuning forks, 
It's like when I went to Machu Picchu in in November, I was standing on Machu Picchu and we, we got to the top in this one grassy area and I lied down on the grass to meditate. At first I was sitting, but I, I felt such shifts in energy and I really wanted to allow those shifts of energy that were rising up through from the ground up to to move through all my chakras. So I lied down on the grass and I started to feel that energy rise up through all my chakras and do like a little cleansing and attunement and, a, and an alignment. And I felt there's a vibrational alignment that was happening. And in that, it, there was this, there was these beautiful shifts that happened when I, and I realized that Machu Picchu is actually built on, there's a lot of quartz, natural quartz and clear quartz is, is a powerful um, stone that actually has really beautiful qualities to release negative energy. And, and it was kind of just like a beautiful tuning fork for my, for my chakras. It was quite lovely. And for me, there wasn't a big, huge, like there was a lot of energy in Machu Picchu, but it wasn't such a like crazy stretch. If I would have went there 10 or 15 years ago, I would have been like, whoa, like, I don't know that I could have handled the, the level of energy because it would have been so far from where I was at that time. But I feel like I've, I've because I do so much vibrational attunement and I do so much intentional work in, in keeping my chakras cleared and my energy field clear and working with energy bodies, my own and others, I, I've, I was more vibrationally attuned to, I was closer attuned to the mountain and to the energy of Machu Picchu. So there wasn't such a, a drastic shift. But you can imagine those in life right now as, as we're all kind of rising up and, and feeling this, this global shift in energy, the Earth's energy shifting, it's becoming this big, huge tuning fork. And the further away you are from that vibrational attunement, the more challenging it is because there's more density that needs to move and clear. And that often comes through in the way of emotions. So I'm going to take a short break and then I want to go into more conversation around how you can actually raise your internal set point for love and to shift from fear to love in, in those moments and give you some tools to help you make a conscious choice and an intentional choice moment to moment when it comes to aligning with love. We'll be right back. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings, to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self 
be the change and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine, and my name is Sue Dumay. I am your host, and I am honored to be your guide here and imparting any and all energy and love and messages that I can to open your heart. Today, we're talking about love alignment. We're talking about raising your capacity to love, raising your internal set point to receive love, to be in love, and to align with love. And we've been talking about breaking the, the boundaries and barriers that we set and removing all the blocks to love that we created over our, over our years, including all our pre-programming and our fear-based programming in our mind and in our bodies that we have that fight or flight kind of freeze response in the body that tends to close things down when we get too close to something that we're afraid of. And if we get too close to love, then sometimes we'll close our heart, slam it shut. I know there's times, I remember this one time I actually received an energy healing session. I, this is the time where I had my mind body studio and I was teaching yoga for fertility and supporting women to become pregnant and, and pre and postnatal support. And I had these healers come in as part of their their curriculum in, in their course, their practicum experience. So I had like three or four healers working around me at one point um, on me in a, in a session. And I, I felt this opening. I never felt so open. It was just like I felt so soft and so open compared to how I was living at that time. And when I was driving home, I was just like, this. I was full of love. I was full of joy. I felt this big opening in my heart. I was like, oh, this is the way I'm going to live my life now. It's going to feel so joyous, so expansive, so amazing. And then I'm driving along and I, my eyes connect with this uh, guy's eye. Who This guy was walking along the street and his eyes and my eyes connect. And instantly I saw his, the, the level of darkness he was living with. And not just darkness, but I could feel kind of an evil side to him. So a real dark side that he was projecting. And, and I, I could just tell he was just not, he was not representing a, a good person in this life. He was actually really, really angry and doing real uh, outward harm to people. And as soon as my eyes connected and I saw and felt the depth of his darkness, my whole, all my systems went and shut right down. And that like that set point went whoop, right back down to where it was. It was almost like it erased everything that they did in the healing session. And I was like, oh, here I am again, back in this living in, living in fear, fear of love, fear of, of being hurt, feeling vulnerable, feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm a victim here of, of circumstances and the world is not safe. In an instant that happened, it all shut down. It was like such a contrast for me. 
And it took me a while to get back to that place of feeling open again. And for days, actually, I was actually really, really closed because it really, really, I felt so vulnerable and open. I never felt that vulnerable and open. And it, and, and to, to feel that depth of his, his darkness just shut me all down completely. And it took me a while to open back up. So there's, there's definitely, you know, yes, there's options. We could open you wide. We could do that work for sure. Yes. But is it really serving you? Is it really serving you to bypass all of the, the safety programming, all of the, the beliefs and set points you have put in place to keep yourself safe? Because the ego wants to keep you safe. That's its job. It wants to keep you safe so it keeps itself safe and, and alive and thriving. So it's the nature of our mind. It's the nature of our humanness. And it's not, it's not our, our, our natural way of being, but on a human level, that's part of it. So how do we embrace our humanness and embody our, our divinity? We work with our humanness. We work with our set points. We work with our fears. And we, we slowly or quickly, in some cases, some people actually heal really quickly because they're doing it more full time. Like myself, I do every moment of my day is about healing. And when we can do that, we can actually move through these layers quicker in, in, in comparison to others. Not that it's good or bad or, or better. It's just it is what it is. Some people need a little bit more time. Some people are more, more diving in there and doing this work all the time. So it's a matter of what is working for you? What will work for you? What can we do to start to raise your internal set point to love and open your heart to, to receive love more and to improve your capacity to love others? That's the question. What it is for one person may not be for another person. So my invitation for you is to listen to what I'm saying. Take what resonates. Integrate what resonates. Don't just take it and go, that was a nice idea. Thank you, Sue. Off I go. I would love for you to take it and go, okay, how, how can I integrate that? And what you might need to do is take a little extra step because the mind and the ego will come in there and, and the spiritual ego, especially trying to be helpful or the cheerleading ego. These are the different levels of evolution of the ego, which I talk about in my book. They will come in and pretend to be, you know, disguise itself as love and disguise itself as your cheerleader. Okay, let's do this. We can do this. We can figure this out. No, 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 no. We don't want ego as our teacher. Even ego disguised as love as our teacher is still not love. It's pretending to be love. So what we really want to do is align with spirit as our teacher, that that beautiful guide that that is meant to, to meet us where we're at in our humanness and and provide us all the tools and the beautiful recipe to help us heal whatever we need to heal in order to remember the truth of who we are. Now, so if I give you something, if there's a tool that comes in and you're like, oh, that feels really good for me, that, that resonates, take it, say thank you for it in your heart, and then offer it to spirit and say, spirit, you hold this and you guide me in the moment. Show me how to use this tool. And what that's doing is kind of surrendering your humanness to allow your divinity to guide you and lead you. So it's shifting from life by design, meaning I can do this, I've got this, I'm going to make this happen, to life by divine, which is divine, show me the way, spirit, show me the way, God, lead me, guide me. 
direct me. And when we do that, we can actually bypass the filter of our minds and the limitations of our minds and allow the guidance to come through the heart. So the heart doesn't know fear. The heart doesn't know uh, the filters, but our mind has many. So when we allow our heart to go into the driver's seat and our mind to go in the passenger seat, we allow the divine to work through us as us, and then we are able to unwind our human blocks to love and any other blocks that, that exist, any other thoughts and beliefs that are not serving. We can actually shift out of them. That's, that's the process. So take what resonates, forgive it over, Spirit, hold this for me. Show me the way. Guide me in the moment. If there's something I'm to do, show me. And then we're open to being guided or allowing the divine to, to, to guide us, to direct us moment to moment. Kind of like waiting for the directions of a recipe, being open to the directions, as opposed to, I've got this figured out, I'm going to make this happen, forcing and trying to make it happen yourself on, on a human level. We surrender and allow our soul, our spirit, to, to guide us from that perspective. Because on a human perspective, it's limited. From a higher perspective, we can tap into an infinite wisdom that will guide us and direct us. And not only is it guiding and directing us and working on our behalf, but then it's working on everyone's behalf. So whatever happens and whatever comes through is for us and everyone all together all at once. So it's actually serving the whole of humanity. So leading with your heart, following your heart, trusting your intuition, all of those things will help you serve at a greater capacity. It's for you and for everyone. That's the beautiful thing. Now, there was a couple weeks ago I did the, the discernment between head and heart. That's essential. If you're not, if you didn't listen to that episode, I would go back to that and make sure that you follow those five steps to make sure that you're actually being led with your heart, not your head. And especially with the ego being really clever and evolving into that cheerleading ego or the spiritual ego, the it's very hard to discern on your own what is actually true guidance and what is actually the head and the ego disguised as guidance. So that's a really good episode to go back to and you can download it, keep it on your device and listen to it. Make sure it really gets, you really integrate that lesson so that you understand it. And the practice of divine discernment is something that you practice. And the more you practice it, the more fine-tuned you get, and the more you can tune into the subtleness of the shifts that happen when you're in alignment and when all of a sudden ego niggles its way in. So the more you practice it, the more fine-tuned you'll be able to, to, to come to this place of identifying Something feels a little off. There's a niggling. There's something going. There's something going on here. It doesn't feel like full love alignment. So that's where the practice of divine discernment can help, especially in this capacity. So how do we raise our capacity to love? How do we raise our set point? We do it in increments. We do it in moments when we can. So for example, if so, there's times where my husband will come home and then he'll he'll come in and he'll want to give me a hug. And if I'm doing something, a lot of times I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hug you. I'm like, I'm in the middle of something. So it's in those moments where I can actually stop and, and just put everything down and turn and actually receive his love and say yes to it. It's in, in those moments that 
that on in a habit in a, in the way of the habit we kind of you know are on autopilot or we have in our head what we think should be happening in this moment to just pause and stop and say okay I want to choose differently what would love do right now that's a great question what would love do right now I'm I'm busy I'm I'm wanting to get this done and I feel like hugging him is a distraction or keeping me from doing this so what would love do right now love would stop and take a moment, even two seconds, three seconds, that's all it takes to turn and embrace and receive his love and then go back to what I was doing. Three seconds, that's a choice that I make. That, that's a choice that we can make in that moment to choose love over fear. And fear disguised as, I got to get this done, I'm busy, I, you know, a distraction, whatever, it's still fear. Fear has many disguises. Fear comes in many different ways but basically it's like what I'm saying no to in that moment I think I'm saying yes to getting this done but I'm actually saying no to love so it's in that moment we can make a conscious choice to turn and say yes to love say yes to love so in every moment we're making a choice for fear or love whether we realize it or not and when we can make a conscious choice for love more and more then again we're actually aligning with love more and more and we're slowly increasing our set point for love Another example, when my husband and I were practicing radical honesty, in the beginning of our practice of radical honesty, we've been doing it for, for a long time now. It feels like a decade now. Maybe not quite that long, but it feels like a long time. And with that practice, one time I was typing and I was working on my computer. I was in the middle of something and he came in and he's like, okay, I'm going to leave. I, I got to go. And I'm like, okay, I'm just still looking at my computer. Okay, we'll see you later. Bye. Love you. And he's like, okay. I need to be honest when, when I come and I'm coming to say goodbye and I want to, you know, kiss you goodbye. And you're like, you won't even look at me. It, it feels like I'm not important. I'm like, I took a breath cause I, I was called out on my stuff and I'm like, you're right. I said, you're right. I actually said that. And I stopped typing. I turned to him and I grabbed his face and I gave him a kiss and I'm like, I love you. Have a good day. I'll see you later. And he's like, okay. And I looked at him in the eyes. I gave him that full attention. And this is with my kids as well. These are these opportunities to, to really give them your full attention, to look at, look at them in their eyes, whoever it is, and say yes to love in that moment. And it only takes a few seconds. It usually only takes a little bit of time. But the ego mind would be like, oh, it's a big, like, I just want to get this done. I just want to finish this email or I just want to finish this dinner or whatever it is. Just pause, take a moment and see what difference it makes. Just take a moment to connect. That's all it takes. So it's these conscious, conscious moments of choosing love over fear, choosing love. What would love do in this moment? What would it look like for love to show up here? How would love respond if I let love take the lead? If I let my heart take the lead, what would my heart guide me to do right now? There's lots of different ways to say it. Just use whatever words resonate for you. It doesn't really matter what words you use. It's more the meaning behind the words and the intention behind the words that matter. So what would love do? Then as you're, you're receiving love, for example, if your set point for love is five and you're wanting to inch it up a little bit and someone comes in to extend love towards you, then can you receive it just a little bit more than you would normally? So what'll happen is, let's say someone extends love towards you and it feels uncomfortable. Instead of 
pretending that you don't feel uncomfortable, just feel that layer of uncomfortable. Let yourself feel that layer. Go into it. Sink into it. Soften into it. Imagine it actually, like imagine creating space around it and let yourself feel it. And a lot of times for me, when that, that level of love comes toward me, especially from my husband in the past, what I would notice is I would actually feel grief, loss. And it was loss for the times where I didn't feel loved as a child or where I felt alone as a child or whatever it was. It was like an accumulation of different emotions or different memories that were held as density in my body. And that was just my block. So it wasn't really about what was happening in the moment, but that extension of love was bumping up against my leftovers and my old wounds. So when I created space for myself to be able to feel that layer of grief or that layer of loss or sadness or fear or unsafety, whatever it is, it actually had a path to move. So when we shine light on these old emotions or these old layers, the moment we have awareness and shine light on them, change has already begun, healing's already begun. So as we soften and create space and go, if there's anything I need to know about this, let me feel it, let me see, let me know. And then I, and then I ask for it to be released. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to release this and let this move. That's the process. So practice. Practice it, it'll become easier. Feel the feelings when they rise up. I know you want to feel love, but if you feel fear in that moment, just be with the fear. And I know I've expressed that with my husband many times. And I remember when we were doing our radical honest practice every night, we would do 10 minutes of radical honesty. And that was our bridge because our spirituality practice is very different. I'm very spiritual. He's not. Although he's heart led, he doesn't call it that. So we have a very different practice. And that was our bridge. That was our common bridge to, to find a way to connect and speak kind of a similar language that we could both practice together. And that was the radical honesty practice. There was a time where he was talking about his love and how he's like, he feels like I push him away and that I don't let his love in. And, and at that time it was so true. And I said to him, I, I kind of got in touch. I'm like, I'm, I just feel really afraid right now. And he's like, okay. And I said, just let me feel this fear. So I went into that layer of fear and I could feel it like intensifying. My throat started to close up. I started to feel this intensity, this like terror. It was like so terrifying fear. And the words that blurted out of my mouth, because he's like, what, what is it? Tell me, tell me, just tell me. And the words that came out of my mouth was, I'm afraid to love you because I'm afraid to lose you. And I, I learned that if I held back my love, then, and I lost somebody, it wouldn't hurt as much. But what I realized is that actually holding back my love and blocking their love was actually hurting me longer. It was like a, a lot prolonging the hurt as opposed to one hurt when, when, if I were to lose somebody. So I was so afraid of losing him. I was so afraid of losing his love, but it it just, I couldn't, I just couldn't get to that layer until we started to talk about it. And I realized it was there. Once I expressed it and explained it and gave it, gave it a voice and a witness, it softened significantly, but it took me a while to unwind from that. And I had to even go into my attachment to people in my life and my fear of death. So fear of other people dying. I had that as a child a lot because I would actually feel 
people's pain and suffering and I felt their emotional capacity and and their depression and all that stuff and and I actually tapped into a lot of their feelings of, of depression and wanting to commit suicide so there was a lot of fear around death for me as a child because I didn't understand my gift and all the messages I was getting in all different directions now that I know how to tune it out and mind my own business so I don't do the the, the energetic eavesdropping anymore without realizing I was doing that. Now I can actually protect myself from getting bombarded with information from people. And I, and I intentionally tune in when I'm working with people or if they ask me, I'll tune in for them. So it's, it's easier for me. But at that point, I was terrified of death and terrified of losing him. So I knew that he, he, I couldn't lose his love because his love was so solid. But if, if I lost him, I would lose his love. And I started to explore that a little deeper. And it took me a while. But I, I came to this realization that I can actually not lose love, period. And again, on a human level, there's one aspect of lost, understanding that we, can, we, we feel like we can lose something. But on a soul level, we can't lose love. And that our connections actually shift and change when someone passes. And we can have an emotional loss or a feeling of loss for the physical presence, but their, their soul and their spiritual presence is, is still there. That's a whole other radio show. But so today, I want to invite you to look at your capacity to love, your set point for love, and see where you can slowly inch your way and start to raise the roof on your internal set point to not only for your extension of love, for the, for the giving of love, but more so for the receiving of love, opening your heart to receive. And not only receiving love from others, but also receiving love from self. So extending and receiving love towards self. Really, really important because our capacity to love ourselves influences our capacity to love others. And you deserve to be loved at a depth that will blow your mind wide open and soften your heart and open your heart in a way that you've never experienced before. There's great love for you. And I'm honored to be here with you and to share my heart and to sprinkle you with love as much as I can and to just see the truth of who you really are. I see you, I love you, I appreciate you, and I encourage you to continue to raise your set point on love because what the world really needs right now is for you to love yourself and extend love toward others to the greatest capacity that you possibly can today and every moment that follows. I love you. I appreciate you. Until next week, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heart L-E-D, living.com.